Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, July 22nd, 2022 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, you won't live longer by diet or exercise alone, study says, from the New York Times. And drugs that may cause hair loss, from AARP Bulletin. Plus, the two fruits that contain the highest amount of protein per cup, from Tasting Table. And more, time permitting. Here's our first report. You won't live longer by diet or exercise alone, study says. Sprawling new research showed that healthy eating and regular workouts do not, in isolation, stave off later health issues. They need to be done together. By Danny Blum from the New York Times. Health food or exercise alone isn't enough to prevent chronic disease, new research shows. Contrary to popular belief, you can't outrun the toll of a poor diet, and healthy eating on its own won't ward off disease. Most people know that working out and eating well are critical components of overall health. But a sweeping study published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine suggests that hitting the gym won't counteract the consequences of consuming fat-laden foods and mainlining kale can't cancel out sedentary habits. Sensationalized headlines and misleading advertisement for exercise regimens to lure consumers into the idea of working out to eat whatever they want have fueled circulation of the myth about exercise outrunning a bad diet, the study authors wrote. Previous animal studies, as well as a few human ones, have backed this up, suggesting that, at least in the short term, strenuous exercise can counteract the effects of overeating. So an international team of researchers examined data from nearly 350,000 participants collected from the UK Biobank, an enormous medical database with health information from people across Britain and followed up over a decade-long period. The study participants, median age 57, were healthy at the outset of the study, meaning they were not diagnosed with conditions like cardiovascular disease, cancer, or chronic pain. Analyzing self-reported questionnaires, the experts broke people's diets down by quality. For instance, high-quality diets had at least 4.5 cups of fruit and vegetables per day, two or more servings of fish per week, less than two servings of processed meats per week, and no more than five servings of red meat per week. The study did not measure discretionary foods like soft drinks or desserts, said Melody Ding, the lead author of the study, and an associate professor at the University of Sydney. The researchers also measured activity levels using responses from another questionnaire that asked about the total minutes participants spent walking and engaging in moderate physical activity, like carrying light loads or biking at a steady pace, and vigorous physical activity that lasted more than 10 minutes at a time. The authors wrote that it was the first study to examine diet and exercise alongside both general mortality and specific lethal diseases like cancer. Not surprisingly, people with both higher levels of physical activity and better quality diets had the lowest mortality risk. Overall, physical activity levels were associated with a lower mortality risk, but those who regularly engaged in vigorous exercise, the kind that makes you break a sweat, 
had a particularly lower risk of cardiovascular disease mortality. And even just 10 to 75 minutes per week made a difference. Regardless of your diet, Dr. Ding said, physical activity is important. And whatever your physical activity is, diet is important, she said. Any amount of exercise is protective, said Salvador Portugal, a sports health expert and assistant professor in the Department of Rehabilitation Medicine at NYU Langone Health, who was not involved in the study. But you can't rely solely on your workout to maintain good health, he added. These findings underscore what many doctors have seen in practice, said Dr. Tamana Singh, co-director of the Sports Cardiology Center at Cleveland Clinic, who was not involved with the study. For instance, she said, there are many components of heart health and optimizing one thing is not going to necessarily improve your cardiovascular risk, she said. She sees patients who classify themselves as amateur or professional athletes and are shocked when they suffer cardiovascular events, she said, without considering their diet. Often they'll come to me after an event and say, I work out so much, why did I have a heart attack, she says. On the flip side, even those with the most nutritious diets in the study saw considerably worse outcomes without some form of regular fitness regimen. That doesn't mean people can't treat themselves after a workout, Dr. Singh said. She's a marathon runner herself, and she looks forward to nachos after a long run. If you are, for the most part, intentional about what you put into your body and intentional with how you move your body, you're doing enough, she said. The study highlights the importance of viewing food and exercise as components of holistic health, Dr. Ding said, instead of calculating how many miles can cancel out a cookie. It's not just about burning calories, she said. We need to shift that thinking. Up next, drugs that may cause hair loss. Suddenly losing your hair, the culprit may be prescription meds by Cynthia E. Keene from AARP Bulletin. The patient was depressed. She had kidney disease, endured regular dialysis, and had undergone an aggressive medical regimen after doctors discovered blood clots. But that wasn't what was dimming the 49-year-old spirits. My hair is falling out, she lamented. Her doctors suspected the cause. She had been prescribed warfarin, an anticoagulation drug, to deal with her clotting issue. Within three weeks of switching to an alternative drug, apixaban, her hair stopped falling out and eventually it grew back. Like turning gray, hair loss can be a natural part of aging, but alopecia, the medical term for hair loss, is a complex condition with many variations, from slow progressing balding, referred to as male or female pattern hair loss, to more rapid and patchy loss, alopecia areata, is a common form. Genetics, hormonal changes, inflammation, and even certain diseases, including, in some cases, COVID-19, can trigger temporary or permanent hair loss. And prescription drugs may also trigger excessive and sudden shedding. The secret life of your hair. Each hair on your head has its own individual life cycle. A strand grows between two and eight years. Then, in a period of two or three weeks, it stops growing and rests for three to four months before detaching from the follicle. Your head of hair is a mixture of 85 to 90 percent actively growing hair and hair that's resting and waiting to shed. But when the body experiences a trauma, sudden substantial shedding can occur. 
triggers can include an acute illness, stress, a severe nutritional deficiency, rapid weight loss, or a drug that proves toxic to hair follicles. When a drug is the culprit, this leads to increased shedding a few months later, generally on top of the scalp. This condition is known as drug-induced telogen effluvium. Hair loss is a relatively rare side effect, but a variety of medications may cause it. Beta blockers, blood thinners, antidepressants, cholesterol-lowering drugs, certain non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs, and hormone-related drugs like thyroid meds, hormone replacement therapies, or steroids. If you suspect a prescription drug may be linked to hair loss, consult your doctor immediately. It may be a sign of other health problems. And ask for a referral to a dermatologist. Dermatologists are extremely important in helping to diagnose hair loss and its causes, suggest potential treatments, and know expected outcomes, says Bashira Blazer, MD, a rheumatologist at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. Finding the culprit. Even when a new prescription is a primary suspect, medication associations with hair shedding and thinning are difficult to identify and confirm, says Carolyn Weiland, MD, a dermatologist specializing in hair loss at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Sometimes hair loss can be triggered by a combination of drugs, or patients may be prescribed a number of medications simultaneously, further confusing the diagnosis. Since it may take weeks or even months after the trigger event for hair loss to begin, it's often hard to know the exact cause. Sometimes hair loss can be reversed by changing the medication dosage, prescribing the brand name drug or an alternative drug, or adding B vitamins or folic acid. Still, even after the source is identified, it could take six months for the hair to begin growing back. Bottom line, sudden hair loss can be traumatic, but it may be reversible. It just takes time and some thoughtful detective work. And meds that can harm your hair. Ask your doctor about these drugs, which can cause hair loss among some patients. Anticoagulants. Heparin, warfarin, such as Coumadin, Panmorphin, and Sofarin. Antidepressants, mood stabilizers, bipolar disorder medications, such as Depakote, Prozac, Lithium, Zoloft, Valproic Acid. Antimicrobial tuberculosis drugs. Arthritis inflammation drugs, such as Embril, Arava, Rumatrex, Trexol. Blood pressure meds, such as ACE inhibitors and beta blockers. Cholesterol-lowering drugs like Lipitor and Lopid. Epilepsy and anticonvulsant meds, such as Depakote, Lamictal, Tridione, and Valproic Acid. Severe acne and psoriasis meds, including Psoriatane, Accutane, and Epsorica. Up next, these two fruits contain the highest amount of protein per cup, by Wendy Lee from Tasting Table. Protein supports the body in myriad ways and is a major macronutrient, according to Harvard Health. It helps with tissue repair and affects muscles, skin, cells, and hair, per WebMD, while also carrying oxygen through your body and providing antioxidants for fighting disease. That's a whole lot of health benefits. 
So, what's the best way to get that protein boost without overindulging in meats and dairy products? Though Cedar Sinai agrees that animal products such as meat, milk, and eggs supply complete proteins and essential amino acids, it also cites studies indicating that red meat consumption can lead to heart disease and a decreased lifespan. Fortunately, there's an alternative. Though fruits don't typically pop to mind as a valuable source of protein, perhaps they should. Adding protein through Mother Nature's bounty doesn't mean picking just any low-hanging fruit, but two nutritious, delicious fruits in particular carry their weight in protein-packing goodness. Fruits packed with protein. The avocado stirs debate over whether it's a fruit or a vegetable, but rest assured, it is indeed a fruit, according to Healthline. It's botanically defined as a berry with a single seed, and is nutritionally one of the best sources of fruit-based protein. A single cup of mashed avocados cradles three grams of protein, according to WebMD. Avocados are also a good source of fiber, which could reduce poor health conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, according to California Avocados. Avocados also contain antioxidants, vitamins E and C. Lutein and zeaxanthin for eye health, and potassium for lowering blood pressure, according to the CDC. A nutrition chart from the USDA posted by Nutritionix shows that a cup of cubed avocados contains 22 grams of fat, but zero harmful trans fats, according to the Mayo Clinic. Second in line for fruit proteins is the cute little guava fruit, containing 4.2 grams of protein in every cup, according to WebMD. With the flesh, seeds, and skins being perfectly edible, the protein potential multiplies. A deeper dive by WebMD into the health benefits of guavas reveals that guava leaves can be boiled for herbal teas. Nutritional benefits also include vitamin C, more than in oranges, antioxidants, iron, potassium, calcium, and more. Fruits previously marched behind meats and dairy in the protein parade of foods, but no more. Now we know that avocados and guava fruits deserve a spot at the forefront of high-protein nutrition. Up next, as Y chromosomes vanish with age, heart risks may grow. A study of mice might explain why. By Gina Collada from the New York Times. It's been known for more than half a century that many men lose their Y chromosomes as they age, but no one knew if it really mattered. The loss of Y could be just a sign of aging, like gray hair, with no clinical relevance. Now, though, researchers report that it can matter very much. A new study using male mice genetically engineered to lose their Y chromosomes provides insight. The paper, published in the journal Science, found that when the Y chromosome was gone from blood cells in those mice, scar tissue built up in the heart, leading to heart failure and a shortened lifespan. Because there was a direct cause and effect relationship between the loss of Y and ailments of aging in the mice, the study bolsters the notion that the same thing can happen in human males. Researchers have documented an increase in risk for chronic diseases like heart disease and cancer related to loss of the Y chromosome in many studies over the years, including the new one, which used data from a large genetic study of the British population. The loss of Y could even account for some of the differences between the lifespans of men and women. 
the authors of the science study say. Other investigators not associated with the work were impressed. The authors really nailed it here, said Dr. Ross Levine, the deputy physician-in-chief for translational research at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. It's super important work, he said. The inspiration for the new research came when Lars Forsberg, a researcher at Uppsala University, ran into a former professor on a bus in Uppsala, Sweden, in 2013. They began talking, and the professor told Dr. Forsberg that the Y chromosomes in fruit flies were more important than previously appreciated. Dr. Forsberg was intrigued. He had never paid much attention to the loss of Y chromosomes. Males have one X and one Y. Females have two Xs. And nearly all the genes used by male cells are genes on the X. Dr. Forsberg had shared the common view that the Y chromosome was pretty much a genetic wasteland. At least 40% of males lose the Y chromosome from some of their blood cells by age 70. And by age 93, at least 57% have lost some of it. The chromosome is lost sporadically from blood cells during cell division, when it is kicked out of some cells and then disintegrates. The result is what researchers call a mosaic loss of Y. There is no way, other than to stop smoking, to reduce the risk of losing the Y chromosome. And the condition is unrelated to men having lower levels of testosterone in their bodies as they age. Taking testosterone supplements would have no effect, nor would it reverse the consequences. Curious about the idea his professor had proposed, Dr. Forsberg went back to his computer and looked at data on 1,153 aging men in a large Swedish study, the Uppsala Longitudinal Study of Aging Men. I had the data in a few hours and I was like, wow, Dr. Forsberg said. I saw that men with loss of Y in a large proportion of their blood cells survived only half as long, 5.5 years, versus 11.1 years, he said. You can imagine my surprise, he said. Of course, I redid everything. The finding held up, and he published a paper in the journal Nature Genetics in 2014, reporting that increased death rates and cancer diagnoses were associated with a loss of the Y chromosome in blood cells. He quickly founded and became a shareholder in the company Cray Innovation to test men for loss of Y. Other researchers began publishing similar analyses. Soon, about 20 independent papers showed associations between loss of the Y chromosome in blood cells and heart disease, shortened lifespans, and various age-related diseases like solid tumors and blood cancers. At that point, Dr. Forsberg heard from Kenneth Walsh, the director of the Hematovascular Biology Center at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Dr. Walsh had become interested in the loss of Y chromosomes because of his work on a different type of genetic loss that occurs with aging, an increase in cancer mutations in blood cells called CHIP. People with CHIP have a greater risk of heart disease and cancer, which prompted Dr. Levine to set up a CHIP clinic at Sloan Kettering. In January, Dr. Pradeep Natarajan, the director of preventive cardiology at Massachusetts General Hospital, and others formed a company, 1016 Bio, to develop a cost-effective test for CHIP and to study treatments to prevent its consequences. But, Dr. Walsh noted, CHIP mutations are only a small part of the genetic alterations that occur with aging. What's the rest of this pie, he asked. 
he wondered about Y chromosomes and began planning a way to see if there was a direct cause and effect between loss of Y in blood cells and diseases. That led to his study with mice. At first, the mice seemed fine, Dr. Walsh said, but they aged poorly. Their lifespans were shortened, and they developed scar tissue in their hearts, kidneys, and lungs, including non-ischemic heart failure, a type that is not the result of a heart attack and whose cause is poorly understood. The animal's mental abilities were also diminished. Working with Dr. Forsberg, Dr. Walsh then examined data from the UK Biobank involving 223,173 men. Men with mosaic loss of Y had a 41% increased risk of dying from any cause during a seven-year follow-up and a 31% increased chance of dying from any cardiovascular disease. The more cells that lost Y chromosomes, the greater the risk. But the work also raises the question, what about women? Do they lose one of their two X chromosomes? And what about women with Turner syndrome? They are born with only one X chromosome, making all their cells the equivalent of the random group of blood cells in men who lose their Y. Women can lose an X chromosome as they age, Dr. Walsh said, but not as often as men lose their Y. Except for an association with lymphoid leukemia, the UK Biobank data has not shown health risks for women who have lost an X. But more studies are needed, Dr. Walsh said. Turner syndrome is different. Women with the condition actually have some of the same health risks as men who have lost their Y chromosomes, cardiovascular abnormalities, and non-ischemic heart failure. Their average lifespan is shorter than that of women with two Xs. It's too soon to say what men should do other than to stop smoking to protect themselves from losing their Y chromosomes or to alleviate the consequences. Those in Dr. Walsh's group found they could protect the hearts of the mice without Y chromosomes by blocking TGF-beta, a key molecule involved in the production of scar tissue. Dr. Stephen Chanick, the director of the Division of Cancer Epidemiology and Genetics at the National Cancer Institute, said the mouse study was really cool but he noted that there was no evidence yet that drugs to block TGF-beta would be effective in men who lost their Y. And for now, there is little point in testing men for loss of Y, Dr. Chanick said, adding, the over-interpretation of these data for monetary purposes worries me deeply. Up next, sip this for brain health from Consumer Reports on Health. Drinking two to three cups of coffee and the same amount of tea per day was linked to an approximately 30% lower risk of stroke and dementia compared with having none in a recent study. Two or three cups of either cut stroke risk 12 to 16%. Drinking both may supply a wider range of brain cell protecting plant compounds. Note, more than 400 milligrams daily of caffeine, about three to five cups of coffee, exceeds guidelines. And the source is PLOS One. And there's this, the health benefits of giving from Consumer Reports on Health. Lending emotional support to family and close friends may have positive physical effects. In one recent study, it was linked to lower levels of inflammation. High levels of chronic inflammation may hike risks for heart disease and some cancers. Stress may increase systemic inflammation, but the researchers say believing you can help people close to you may foster rewarding relationships that reduce stress.
and the source of that is brain, behavior, and immunity. And finally, get fit doing housework. Don't do much formal exercise. One study suggests that housework may help with some areas of fitness. Adults who regularly did home chores were up to 8% faster at getting up from a chair and performed up to 23% better on balance and coordination tests than those who did little or no housework. The source is BMJ Open, and that's also from Consumer Reports on Health. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.